David Siegel here, your favorite podcast host. Before we get into today's episode, I have something important to share. Check out my new book, Decide and Conquer, to really get to know my story at Meetup. You know, the hardest thing about community leadership is making tough decisions when the stakes are high. And I'll tell you, they were never higher than when Meetup was owned and sold by WeWork. In my new book, Decide and Conquer, I'll walk you through a counterintuitive framework for decision-making, and the epic journey of Meetup's surprising survival. Good leaders deliberate, great leaders decide. Now decide and conquer by pre-ordering my book today by going to decideandconquerbook.com or anywhere books are sold. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome to Keep Connected. I'm David Siegel. We're a few weeks into 2022. Hopefully you have still kept your New Year's resolution. If you are, you're probably in the top 50% of people that have. Many people's New Year's resolutions involve community. They involve people. They involve going out and doing things. And we all need that extra motivation to be able to do that. Well, Daniel Finley, for me, and hopefully for many of you, is that extra motivation. He is someone who went from having high anxiety and challenges around social skills to someone who now teaches social skills to CEOs of companies. And I learned from him. I think many of you will learn as well. Happy listening. Daniel, welcome to Keep Connected. Hi, David. Great to be here. I am so glad you're here. And I'll tell you, when I read about you and I heard about you, I was so motivated by it. So I'm looking forward to today's conversation. So everyone here, Daniel is someone whose life has been transformed since he became a Meetup member four years ago. He's a self-described introvert and he struggled with anxiety and social skills, but has transformed himself beyond just no longer struggling as much, but now he teaches social skills to others. Let's get straight to it. Tell us your social skills evolution story. Great. So my story, you know, for many years, I used to struggle with my social skills, being around people, mixing with people. I'd say this started from a very young age, for as long as I can remember. And, you know, during school, it was difficult and growing up, it was challenging. And then when I started to get, to my late teens, early 20s, I, I realized that, you know, I didn't have many friends. I found it difficult to maintain relationships, to to meet people, to approach people. And my life was just the same thing every day, you know, going to work, coming back. And I'd see people on social media, you know, having all this fun, you know, going on trips with their friends, going out. And I really wish that I really wanted to have that in my life, but I just didn't know how to how to find it. And I tried lots of different things for many years. For example, I tried joining a football team. You know, I think you call it you call it soccer in the in the US. Yeah, we we don't call it correctly. It's it's football. No. <laughs> yeah, so you don't use your sock, you use your foot, so it makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I tried things that I know, football, table tennis, I tried joining a running club. But I just found that these places were, I couldn't really meet people because the people were there for the hobby, not necessarily for the friendship. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I did get a bit downhearted and I tried this for a couple of years and just nothing seemed to, I couldn't find those friends. I couldn't 
you know, and I was putting the effort in, I was you know, trying to get myself out there a bit. And then when I found Meetup It, it all changed. <laughs> so let's fast forward now. You start, you found Meetup four years ago. And mm-hmm. what happened? So I, I saw an advert or like an advertisement for, for Meetup somewhere. I can't remember exactly where. And I, I went on the site and I was amazed that, you know, there was this site for different groups, different events where you could meet people. And at first, I, was, I just couldn't believe it because I'd never heard of it before. And when I first seen it, I presumed that it was going to be only in large cities such as London, New York. And then I searched for my city of, of Newcastle and I was amazed again to see that they had events, they had groups in my city. So, you know, I was really excited. Then I got a bit anxious thinking, oh, you know, about attending the events. But I found an event, found a group, and I went to my first first event. And from there, that's where things really started. What was it? What was, what was your first event? So the first event was a, like a, a drinks night. So you go to like a, a pub, a bar, and there was, you know, a lot, but lots of people all from meet up there. And you kind of walk around, mingle, talk. You weren't intimidated at all coming through the first time? Yeah, I was I was a bit, but the good thing is a lot of other people were in the same same situation. And I also I was talking to someone on Meetup, it was his first event too. So I met him outside. So we walked in together. So by the way, that great. is the best advice I usually could give to people that are that mm. of, of people considering going to their first event. Grab someone, find someone to go with your first time. It makes it easier. Or right when you get there, just try to find someone else to have a conversation with and everything always becomes easier once you have someone else to to be with. And yeah. as a CEO, I'm good, glad to hear that advertising is actually working. So uh, yeah. that, that was nice <laughs> to hear that you saw her ad. So you went to that event and you went to some other types of events as well? Yeah, so after that, on that first event, actually, I met a really good friend who I'm still friends with now. The person who I walked in with, he's one of my good friends now. And from there, I went to a couple of more events, you know, different kinds of ones like drinks events, you know, meals and some activities. And there was a point early on where I was thinking, you know, should I go back? You know, it was great, but sometimes you get a bit comfortable. You think, oh, I've been to a couple. I might just. But the best thing I ever did was kept going over a long period of time. Because that's when I start to really gain friendships, and I start to become more familiar with people. So that was that was the key moment. Maybe maybe just as important as that first time was to keep going, keep attending. That's actually great advice. It, it there's obviously a difference, but people oftentimes will go to a therapist and they go to the therapist two, three, five times, and they'll say, "Oh, you know, actually that really helped. I think I'm good now." Mm. And in reality, if you look at every study on on therapy, it takes many, many months to mm-hmm. get to a point where um, you really have meaningful change, which is, I think, what you were looking to do. Um, speaking of change, do you believe that an introvert can change their core of who they are and actually become extroverted? What is your perspective on that? So I think everybody's individual and everyone most people have a blend of, you know, introvert, extrovert in their personality. I don't think many people are necessarily one or the other, but it's a spectrum. I think, yes. Yeah. And I think, 
you know, when people think of introvert, think of someone who's maybe very quiet and who's really shy, but that's not necessarily the case. And I believe an introvert is, it's more to do with your energy, you know? So for me now, I'm confident socializing with people. You know, I coach large companies. I work with CEOs myself and I feel very confident doing that, but I still need time away to myself. You know, and, and if I go to a social event now, I'm not going to be the loudest person there. I'm going to be confident in myself. But I still need some moments to myself. And that's what I think, you know, being an introvert is, you know, conserving your energy, not necessarily about how loud or quiet you are, but conserving your energy and knowing where to put your energy. It's an incredibly important distinction. And I think so many people make that mistake of associating introvert with shy out, extrovert. It, there's, it's correlation, but it's not the definition. The clear, mm -hmm. the definition that has always resonated the most with me is exactly what you said. It's where you get your energy. If you're spend two, three hours talking to people, do you feel massively, you know, meaningfully energized after that conversation? Just want to continue? Or do you feel, well, I need to take a little bit of break and then go back and you might have enjoyed it the exact same in both situations, um, but you might get more energy from reading and a little more exhaustion from talking to people, but it doesn't mean you enjoy it any less. And I, and I, and I, and I like that distinction. So thank you for, for that. So speaking of your business, I'd love for our listeners to learn a little bit more about some of the ways in which you coach your clients and principles that could be helpful for others to hear. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I trained as a as a coach for two years before before starting this business, and I really wanted to combine, you know, the social skills with the with the coaching. So, what I do now is I help people with their social skills and their confidence to move forward in their life. I look at areas such as building rapport, listening skills, small talk, assertiveness, and many other different skills. And I help to teach those skills, but I also combine that with deep coaching on confidence, inner critic, self-esteem. So putting that all together with the social skills, the clients get a, a real transformation that they can go and achieve anything after that. Yeah, assertiveness is, is, is one that I'm always talking to my kids actually about. Mm -hmm. It's so important in life to be nice and be assertive and ask for what you want and demonstrate what you need and always do it in the right way. And I think sometimes people see those as polar opposites. Oh, if I'm being assertive, then it means it might not be that I'm, not, I'm being nice or, or I might offend someone if I'm overly assertive. And I, and I think that's, it's, a, it's an important thing to try to break through for people. Definitely. Yeah. You know, being assertive is about, about looking at what you want, but also what's best for those around you it's not about being aggressive it's not about being passive it's about finding the balance of what's best for me but also what's best for those around me that's a great addition in that assertiveness isn't about just a, a personal need but is about what's actually better for for two people thank you for sharing that you mentioned confidence can confidence be taught is there ways of becoming more confident quote unquote you know from your perspective so for many years i tried to become you know, more confident. I read a lot of books, did a lot of exercises and nothing really stuck. And then, I, you know, when I was training as a coach, 
on my two-year coaching diploma, I really started to realise that confidence comes from taking action. So you get confident by actually doing something, you know, by going to a social event, you know, by going to the store that you wouldn't usually go to, meeting up with someone. And over time, those small actions, that leads to, to confidence. So if I'm coaching someone, it has to be a two-way thing. You know, I can, you know, help someone with their direction and how to become more confident, but they have to actually take the action and, and be prepared to do it because, or else they won't become more confident. And that's the thing, you get more, you become more confident when you try something. And, you know, if it fails, if it doesn't go well, you'd still get more confidence from that than from staying home and, and doing nothing. So confidence is not just about a mindset. It's about behaviors that are manifested exactly. perhaps from that mindset. And even if you don't have that mindset, your behaviors can actually create that mindset. And uh, exactly. it's something also that I, I fundamentally agree with. Any other advice in terms of building confidence that you would give to our listeners? Because I know something that you've spent time, you know, reading a lot about and helping others with. One of the main things for confidence is also watching the way you talk to yourself. Because if you're speaking to yourself negatively every day, you've got this real critic voice, it's, no matter how much action you take, it's going to be really difficult to become confident. So I always recommend people to challenge the way they speak to themselves. And this can be difficult. And a lot of people, they don't want to do this because it takes a lot of time and effort. You know, so every day I say, you know, for a month, write down all the negative thoughts you're getting and challenge them with, you know, two positive thoughts for that one negative. And over time, you know, if you keep at it, you'll start to notice that you start speaking to yourself more kind, more kindly. And you're not going to remove the critical voice completely. That's still going to be there, but it's just not going to control you. And that's, that's a key part of becoming confident. So that taking action and yeah and starting off small as well you know you know if you're really underconfident you don't have to go and do this big huge thing at once you can start off small and each week build it up and then that'll lead to becoming more confident too you know the power of small wins it's it, it mm -hmm. never ceases to amaze me um how true that is in all aspects of life personally and also professionally when, when i'm working with our team and we're figuring out what kind of goals to set if you set overly ambitious goals and you end up hitting those goals, then it's very demotivating. And if you set goals that you hit a small win and you hit another win the next month, another win the next quarter, it just has this momentum and it builds on itself. And the exact same thing from a professional perspective and the same thing from a personal perspective as well. And I think people oftentimes, especially around New Year's resolutions, because mm -hmm. we're in January right now, set overly ambitious goals. And then the average New Year's resolution is dead, you know, by early February, I think February 10th is the date of uh, the mm -hmm. end of New Year's resolutions. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's just dangerous to, it's not dangerous. It's, it's a lost opportunity not to set small goals. And I'm glad that you work with clients specifically around that. So it's a funny question to ask if you don't mind it. Maybe it's a poor question, but do you consider yourself a confident person at this point in time? And I know it's a spectrum like everything else in life, mm -hmm. but do you feel like in that spectrum, you're where you would like to be, or you're on the path to where you would like to be from that perspective, or, or do you still feel like that kind of same person as you were in grade school, elementary school, and early twenties from a confidence perspective? 
I'd say now I feel you know confident in who I am, and but that's took years you know of, of constant work to build up, and I think with any sort of personal development, it's a journey. It's never going to end. You know, if if you you know if you can work on your confidence, and that's you should be working on it from now until you know you until you're old, and you can always get more confident. You can always develop more. So I'd say I'm, you know, confident who who I am now. But I still wanted to improve. I'm still wanting to to push myself and to go further. It's so important. You know, most people would be surprised about myself, and I actually used to lack confidence as a as a teenager. I was always nervous around girls, and I was nervous around speaking in public. Mm-hmm. And um, practice helps. You know, the more that I spoke in public, the more confident that I became. And the more relationships and friendships that I gained with with others, the more confident that I became. And uh, and I, I don't think I would describe myself as that. I think, um, frankly, I, I struggle more personally with the risk of being overly confident and and having mm-hmm. hubris. And, and, and that's something that, unfortunately, many leaders have. And it's, mm. it's incredibly important to check oneself and to be really careful to not develop that because it's, it's, it's really a, just a, a very dangerous and terrible character trait. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I work with a lot of leaders, some CEOs, some directors, and that is a key problem that they have. They don't want to come across as overconfident. They don't want to come across as sarcastic. You know, they don't want to come across as condescending, which they sometimes feel they can and that's a kind of different challenge that they have. And Daniel, it's really extraordinary. You went from someone who didn't even realize that you had social and anxiety and confidence issues mm-hmm. to finally realizing it, to acknowledging it, to doing something about it for yourself, to teaching others. And now you're actually coaching CEOs yeah. on how to build their own confidence. It's what a, what a beautiful journey and a path that you've been on. You, you've talked a bit of in the past, uh, I've heard, around the five Fs mm. of small talk. And I, I love those kind of paradigms and models for our listeners, especially for those who are more introverted and perhaps are less confident in nature. Mm-hmm. Do you mind talking about those five Fs um, to help people to think through you know, quick ways um, that small talk can um, come more easily. There's lots of different, you know, models, techniques people use. This is one I like to use, so the five Fs. So this would be something to keep in mind, you know, if you're not great at small talk or you struggle with what to say, what to talk about. So the five Fs are family, you know, so ask the other person about the family, you know, how many brothers and sisters do you have? What does your partner do? You know, all there's so many different questions about your family. The next one would be fun. You know, what do you like to do for fun? How long have you been doing that for? You know, what is it about that that you enjoy? The next one is future plans. You know, so what are your plans for the weekend? What are your plans for the summer? What are your plans for the winter holiday? The next one is favorites. You know, what's your favorite food? What's your favorite travel destination? You know, what's your favorite sport? And the last one is fire up. So fire up is what the other person's really passionate about, what they're really interested in. And you can find this out 
through having conversation with the person on the previous topics, you know, you'll find out it could be anything that could be really interested in cars or, you know, gardening or cooking. Or, and when you find out that the conversation will be effortless because you've got the other person talking about what they're really interested in. And the great thing about this method is it's covering what people love to talk about, you know, family, future plans, fun, favorites. This is all what people love to talk about. So if you get people talking about this, the conversation is going to run smoothly and you're going to come across as really good at conversations as well. So Dan, you developed this or we had read this somewhere? Yeah, so this is kind of a development from another one. So I think the one I read was maybe the three Fs or the four Fs, whereas I developed the the five Fs. But there is different, you know, different variations of it. There's different models of it. There's lots of different great ones out there. So I'd say I didn't, create this but i developed this a bit further this one beautiful okay so i have to ask you that what fires you up yeah so what fires me up is working with people and helping people to develop you know helping people from companies helping individuals really improve their social skills their confidence because it all all of that links you know when someone's confident when someone has good social skills it can then be more productive they can then improve their performance at work they can then lead a happier life so that's what really everything's interesting. Okay, then I have to hear a couple of examples, obviously without their names. Tell me yeah. about one or two of your clients, maybe two very, very different types of situations, and very briefly what the challenge was and how you were able to help them. Yeah. So an example I could give is a client I had recently when he first came to me was really struggling, you know, with his confidence, with his social skills. He didn't have many friends at all he wasn't doing very well in his job we worked together for six months you know I looked at where he was then where he wanted to go we created a plan we broke everything down I also taught him different social skills he he actually attended meet up as well which he which he loved and now he's he's doing great he's he's got a group of friends he's networking he was also running a networking group which was unbelievable because at the beginning you know he was struggling to leave the house and now he's doing great he's got friends he's got a good social life so that's wow. one example and another wow. example which is on the opposite side is a, a director of a company who i've coached recently he was really struggling with as we spoke about before he was coming across a bit condescending he was struggling to see things from other people's point of view struggling the people who worked for him he was really he wasn't coming across well and ultimately that was affecting the performance of the company so what I did is I looked at what skills he he needed to work on we created a plan we set goals we broke them down and now he's he's actually made a lot of new friends he's getting on a lot better with his work colleagues and his companies performing a lot better make a lot more money now so that's two, two examples. Ooh, do, do you get any clients through Meetup as well? Or is it more of a of a social uh, and friend relationship opportunity versus you've actually generated you know, any business from Meetup? Yes, yeah, so I have had one client from Meetup who knew me from a few years ago. You know, that was quite surprising. You know, he reached out saying, oh, I've, I've seen your Instagram, your LinkedIn. So that was one client. And... Yeah, but apart from that, 
meet up for me is use for me to go and socialize but all of my clients every single one that i've i've worked with i've always recommend meet up because it goes it goes so well with what i do you know work it works it works together so well and they always all my clients always love meet up too and you know a lot of them say oh hadn't heard of that before and now it's it's, it's changed their life so we gotta advertise in newcastle a lot more often okay yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna talk to our vp of marketing yeah. i mean about that this is you know you are the ultimate um word of mouth and and we always say we, we reach 50 million people but we should be reaching 5 billion people plus mm-hmm. because really everyone can benefit from going to any kind of a meetup event and mm-hmm. and and it's unfortunate that so many people have not heard of our platform and you know so many people can benefit from it um you even at one point i understand hosted some events which is absolutely wonderful any advice you would give on hosting a meetup event to many of our listeners who are both meetup organizers and meetup members yeah so i had a great some great experience hosting meetups too i'd say when you host a meetup it's important to make sure everyone's involved you know it's you can't just stay when you're a host you can't just stay in your little click you've got to make sure every single person feels comfortable you've greeted them you've made them feel welcome so that they want to come back and you've made that a memorable experience for them it's great it's so so important many of the events that i go to they don't necessarily know who I am. I actually just went last week to a, a board game strategy meetup group because my son and I went to Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh-huh. he said to me, hey, dad, what do you want to do tonight? And I said, let's go to a meetup event. Nothing more fun than that. <laughs> so we showed up at the event and we're playing all these strategy board games and we're having an amazing time. And there were people were so welcoming to us and so friendly to us. My son was like, oh, maybe we'll stay for half an hour. We ended up staying for three and a half hours. And Jesse, the organizer, was just such an incredible effusive person and then at the end i say by the way i'm the ceo meetup and that's always kind of a a kind of fun moment (laughs) shall i say okay daniel i enjoyed this conversation so much but it's time for a rapid fire question so you know keep your answers short and concise something i'm completely unable to do when was the first time you saw yourself as a leader i'd say when i was younger i did have you know examples of me being a leader you know and I, i did a bit of sport when i was a kid but the thing that always stood in the way was the confidence. So I, I probably had those leadership, you know, abilities and aspirations there, but the confidence was just the main block. And then when I worked on the confidence, the leadership started to, to really come out. Got it. If you could be any place in the world, any time in the world, past or future, where would you like to be? I would like to be in, in Tokyo, you know, and, and that would be, you know, in another world because I'm happy at the moment in Newcastle. I've got a fiance here. But I've been to, to Japan. I've done quite a lot of traveling. And that was the one place that, that I really loved. So I'd say Tokyo. Anything that you want to call out that's just on that bucket list of yours that you've always wanted to do and one day you're going to do it? I'd like to give more live talks to people. You know, maybe something like a TEDx talk. I give a lot of presentations at the moment. But I think... You know, a live talk with a large audience is something I'd I'd love to do, and I'd like to do even more, more traveling when things, when things in the world improve as well. Okay, let's have this podcast lead to your TEDx talk. Would that yeah, be? Yeah, that'll be 
That would be What's wonderful. the title of your TEDx talk going to be? Give me a title off the cuff. I think it would be how to excel socially as an introvert. Good. That's a great title. I, mm-hmm. Applicable to uh, hundreds of millions of people, perhaps billions of people, I, I would say. <laughs> you, I I, you'll probably get many, many views if, uh, if that happens. So really last question, which is, and I think I know the answer, but Daniel, you've helped out so many people in your life and you have decades and decades ahead of you to help many, many more people. What do you most want to be remembered for? I'd say I want to be remembered as someone who is relatable and someone who really took the time to go the extra mile to help people. Beautiful. You know, so often people who are very, very busy and try to help many people struggle with going that extra mile. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's hard because life is oftentimes a zero-sum game. And what ends up getting sacrificed is you do lots of things and you check off things on that checklist. But oftentimes on the checklist is not that extra mile. Mm. And sometimes the the greatest impact that you can have and the most memorable experiences that people always remember you most for is doing those extra things that just completely shock other people. But I can't believe they did that to help me. It doesn't necessarily have mm. to take time. It's oftentimes just a mindset of saying, how can I do this extra thing for someone? So, you know, Daniel, I really want to thank you. This all came up because you emailed us proactively and talked about how much meetup helped you in your life. And after reading that email, our team said, we have got to talk to Daniel. We've got to bring him on the podcast. And I really hope that this helps to accelerate all of your ambitions and just a wonderful person and a a true motivation for me. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me, David. And I really wanted to to be here because if it hadn't been for meetup, I wouldn't have had the friendships, the business that I have today. So Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Sometimes we have great stories and sometimes there's great learnings. And today it was legitimately both. His focus that confidence is not about just mindset, not about what you could read, but actually taking action. And the importance of attending meetup events, not just once or twice, but going on a consistent basis if you want to really get the most out of an experience. And finally, the last for me was the 5F. So... I am going to have a great conversation with someone about how to have fun with your family in the future, talking about your favorite things and what gets you fired up. Because if I head on those five things, then it's going to be like an amazing conversation. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you enjoyed today's conversation, then subscribe, leave a review, check out my new book. And remember, let's keep connected because life is better together. We hope you'll stay connected by attending Meetup Live, a regular online event series hosted by us, the Meetup team. Meetup Live features organizers who have hosted successful events, product updates from the Meetup team, and you'll hear from experts on how to build community and meet your goals. We've also launched a powerful series called Dismantling Social Injustice to discuss the pressing issues of our time, including race, equality, democracy, and access. Staying connected has never been more important. Join the Meetup community online at meetup.com.